Week six of the college football season is upon us this Saturday. I have three games that are sure to have you on the edge of your seat. Stay tuned to Prospectology to find out which games I'm talking about after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, all you Prospectology fans? It's your host, Luch, and we are back with episode 42 of Prospectology. Today, diving into the week six of the college football season, and I have three games that will be sure to keep you on the edge of your seat this weekend on Saturday. Uh, First game I want to take a look at is the Red River rivalry coming on at 12 o'clock in the afternoon um, against number 22 Texas versus uh, unranked now Oklahoma. Uh, Texas being 2-1, and one, losing a heartbreaker to TCU. And Oklahoma uh, starting off the year rough, 1-2 uh, and two with losses to Kansas State. And uh, last week against Iowa State, uh, which wasn't very impressive. But both these two quarterbacks, it's going to be a quarterback battle. Uh, Sam Ellinger, who has already thrown for 924 yards on the season with 14 touchdowns, only two interceptions, been pretty good with the ball, making plays for that Longhorns offense. And on the other side, you got a young, inexperienced quarterback uh, who has all the makings and traits to become uh, the next big quarterback at Oklahoma in Spencer Rattler, who uh, has been slinging the football all over the field, 977 yards on the season, 10 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Uh, both of these quarterbacks in this game, uh, that's got to score a bunch of points. Uh, Texas averaging 51 points per game, whereas Oklahoma 37.7 points per game. Uh, Both of these teams have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. Uh, Starting with Keontae Ingram uh, in that Texas running attack is averaging 5.5 yards per rush. Uh, Whereas Oklahoma hasn't really been able to find that workhorse yet. uh, Only averaging about 3.5 yards per rush. Um... Uh, Both these teams are going to be able to put up points, uh, especially knowing each other very well. Um, In the series, uh, Tom Herman is actually 1-3 versus Oklahoma, Uh, but I think they're they're due to get back on track. The Texas defense uh, has got to get some pressure on Spencer Rattler, keep him in the pocket so he'll make some mistakes with the football. Um, And that Texas defense, uh, especially against TCU, they got to tackle better, uh, wrap up, bring ball carriers to the ground. Uh, they just let TCU run all over them, uh, especially their quarterback, TCU's quarterback. Um, defense has the talent to get pressure on opposing teams. They have a lot of playmakers uh, on that Texas defense, but uh, they haven't been able to pull it all together. And Oklahoma has to have better offensive line play. Um, They're missing a key piece on that offensive line who uh, opted out, Brooks, um, Kennedy Brooks. But they should be a lot better than what they're being. Uh, I see this game going 
into a shootout. Uh, both defenses not really establishing themselves yet, uh, especially being in the Big 12. But look for Texas to get that one stop or for Rattler to make that one one poor read to allow Texas to gain control of the game late. And uh, I see it as shootout. I see Texas winning 45 to 38. Uh, should be a very entertaining game. Always uh, a fun rivalry. And there is no, there is tons of bad blood uh, with both these teams. So they'll be giving it their all. Doesn't matter how they've played up to this point. But look for Texas to pull off the win 45 38. Second game I have that'll be very entertaining is number 14 Tennessee Volunteers versus the number three ranked in the country, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, This is going to be a quarterback battle. I'm not saying that these quarterbacks will have to um, play big, but uh, you have Jarrett Gorantano uh, for Tennessee, who's been pretty pretty steady uh for Tennessee the the first two games. And then on the other side you have Stetson uh Bennett for Georgia who has completed about 65% of his passes already. Uh both quarterbacks only two touchdowns on the year. Both really more of bus drivers to this point just trying not to make uh mistakes or give their team a reason to to lose, but both teams have pretty productive running games. Um, Ty Chandler for Tennessee, averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and uh, you have Zamir White, who is one of my top 10 running backs coming out in the NFL draft this year at 5 yards per carry, so... Both running games or both running attacks are pretty productive and they're going to try to establish it that there while allowing Jarrett and Stetson to make the plays that are given to them and kind of drive the bus, uh, not causing turnovers to, to cost their team the game. But Tennessee, I saw in their first two games, they just very poor on third downs. They got to convert. Uh, more of their third downs if they want to be competitive in this game. But but the Georgia offense, uh, they're looking to establish that run game and control the clock. They've been uh, maintaining possession for about 35 minutes per game on, on offense. So look for them to continue control the game with the running attack and allowing Stetson to make the plays that are given to him to uh, put them in a position to to win the game. And uh, that Georgia defense on that defensive side of the ball, their, their run defense has been impeccable this year, only allowing 2.3 yards per carry. So uh, if Tennessee starts to struggle with uh, their running attack, uh, look for Jarrett Gorantano to pop 
possibly make some mistakes because uh, they're gonna put try to put the uh, the game in his hands, and that's not what Tennessee's uh, trying to do as well. On the other side, uh, Tennessee's gonna try to put the game in Stetson Bennett's uh, hands. However, Stetson has been known, and you saw it in the last game, he can make some big plays down the field, uh, throwing to those receivers, pickings. Uh, amongst others, but I see this game starting off as uh, each team taking punches uh, on both sides, but look for Georgia with uh, them being able to control the clock, uh, look for them to kind of eat the minutes away and and just wear down that Tennessee defense and just maintain possession and just allow Stetson to make big plays down the field to his receivers and uh, watch that Georgia defense go to work to keep Tennessee at bay. I got Georgia winning 31-14, although I see this game at first being a slugfest, but uh, look for Georgia to control it late. And lastly, it is the game of the week. Uh, you have number 7 Miami, uh, who has come on strong being 3-0. and And then... You have them going to Clemson, uh, who is ranked number one in the country, also 3-0, and but not really tested. Uh, both quarterbacks, uh, Derek King from Miami, has played outstanding given that offense uh, in identity and being playing mistake-free, giving Miami a chance to put up a lot of points. And Clemson, uh, no need to... Discuss their quarterback, uh, the best quarterback in the country. And Trevor Lawrence has been phenomenal as he has the past two years. But Clemson on defensive side of the ball, which both of these teams have great defenses, um, not really being able to put tons of pressure yet on opposing teams. Although Miami has their defensive line has gotten there uh, quite a bit, uh, not to the likes of where they'd like it to be, but Clemson's defense is only allowing 2.3 yards per carry, so their run defense is insane, and they definitely have enough playmakers in the back end to uh, hold Derrick King in that passing attack uh, at bay, but. Um, both teams uh, pretty evenly matched. I like Clemson's quarterback better, but this is Derrick King's time to shine if he wants to uh, play in this big moment, see how he performs, and uh, put his name in the national spotlight. Not that it already isn't, uh, but it'll give Miami their identity to, if they can pull off a win against Clemson, at Clemson, uh, they'll finally be given the title of the U was back, but uh, I see this game going back and forth. Uh, it's going to come down to which quarterback uh, makes that one mistake or what offense makes that one mistake. Miami not only has to deal with Trevor Lawrence and his um, and his uh, weapon uh, with being able to run the ball and throw it, they have to deal with Travis Etienne, so they have to slow down that 
running game first before they can apply pressure on Lawrence, which Lawrence lives for those moments. But Derek King, the same thing, make plays with his legs, look for Clemson to try to contain him and get hands on some of their offensive playmakers for Miami. But I see Clemson, it's hard to pick uh, Miami when they're in Clemson. If it was at Miami, I'd give them a little bit more of a fighting chance. But give me Clemson 31-24. It very well could be a blowout in the second half. Uh, but I just feel in my in my gut that Clemson uh, is going to have their hands full uh, finally playing competition that is closer to where they're at. And it'll be a great contest. So look for Sparks to fly, but look for Clemson to win at home 31-24. There's also a couple of other games which I won't go into detail with, but please hit me up on the Twitter at Luch Bryant and give me uh, your score predictions for these games or any other games that you're excited to watch and plan to uh, sit on the couch and hang out with friends and family and, and, and watch these games. So hit me on the Twitter, at Luch Bryant. Give me your scores, predictions for these games and other games that are being played. But two other matchups that I won't go into detail with, but I'm excited to watch. Whereas number four, Florida versus number 21, Texas A&M. Florida off to a great start with uh, Kyle Pitts being uh, remarkably uh, probably the most productive player thus far on the offensive side of the ball. Kyle Pitts, their tight end. And Kyle Trask has been throwing it all over the field. He's been very poised in the pocket, making big throws uh, for Florida. That defense can shore some things up, but they'll get it going as time goes on. But this will be a big test for Florida. And Texas A&M coming off a a pretty heroic showing against Alabama for a quarter and a half maybe. Uh, But Texas A&M really got to put it together. Kellen Mond's got to really lock down and and provide a spark for Texas A&M, and hopefully they can compete with Florida, but I see Florida being too much for Texas A&M to handle, just like Alabama was in the second half of that game, but it'll be a really great game. But give me Florida in that. And the last game that really intrigues me is number 19 Virginia Tech versus number 8 uh, North Carolina, North Carolina coming on very strong. Uh, Mac Brown's got some of the recruits and, and prospects that he wants uh, to build that fran- uh, to build that program up. And you can see uh, with his quarterback Sam Howell, who will be drafted pretty high coming out next year um, in the draft. But Virginia Tech, uh, how they've been so productive. With Caleb Fairley, their best corner, uh, best defender, opting out of the season and and the backups having to step up and them playing down 21 starters, I believe, because uh, of COVID uh, has been nothing short of miraculous. But Virginia Tech, uh, very aggressive on defense and offense. Uh, Look for that to be... Another game where it's a shootout, but who's going to make the big play on defense to give their offense a chance to win the game? 
Um, Give me North Carolina right now, but Virginia Tech uh, has been playing phenomenal this year, Um, especially down a lot of players from COVID. But those are my takes on some of the intriguing matchups of Week 6. Like I said, hit me up on my Twitter, at Luch Bryant, to give me your score predictions or what games you're most excited to watch this weekend. And as always, thanks for the love and support. Enjoy the games this weekend. And stay tuned for episode 43 of Prospectology coming next week. Until then, peace.